Hello guys, welcome back to episode number 21 of Sports Wit Jesus. Let's go! <laughs> guys, we made it. We made it to a special episode, episode 21. Uh, my favorite number, my birthday, February 1st, if you didn't know. And uh, it's just going to be a special episode. Got a couple, a couple things we're going to talk about. Mostly going to talk about baseball. And uh, we got a special uh, surprise for uh, for episode 21, man. Let's go. Hopefully the audio's good. Hopefully you guys can hear good. But uh, let's get it, man. Welcome back to episode 21 of Sports Wit Jesus Sports. We talk about sports. Wit. It gets witty. Jesus is my middle name. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Woo! Let's go, baby. Let's go. Um, let's get right into it, baby. Let's get right into it. We're going to start off. With a special segment, man. And uh, let's go. So we're going to start off episode 21 with a special segment. You know, it's it's special to me. You know, episode 21 is, uh, it, it means a lot to me. That number means a lot. And, uh, you know, I just want to start off this episode by, uh, you know, I'm going to do a quick interview with my brother. My blood brother, my older brother, one of the role models, and uh, here he is right now. Uh, no, I, I, I just I don't know. I don't know the introduction, but here's my brother Jonathan, man. Yo, Jonathan. Yo, let's go, man. I can't believe you know we're doing a podcast together, man. I can't. How do you feel, man? Yo, yo, we're doing an episode on my podcast, man. I can't. Yo, I, I'm shy, man. I'm, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm proud of you. That's how I feel. What are you yo, I'm thanks for you. coming on, bro. Uh, I know you're a really busy man, and it was really tough, you know. But we we worked it out, man. We here. Let's get it, man. Uh, so. Introduce yourself. Say a little bit about yourself, man. All right. So um, my name is Jonathan Pagan. I'm Marco's older brother. Um, growing up, played baseball. Um, right now, currently working for the NYPD. Um, since baseball didn't work out, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, So there you go, guys. That's my older brother. And uh, to be honest, the reason I'm interviewing my older brother is because... My older brother is literally the most talented baseball player I've ever met in my life. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Like, his work ethic is unmatched. Uh, his dedication to the to the craft, it was just, it was amazing to watch. And it was truly inspiring. So, I just want to get in a little deeper about, you know, the journey. And, you know, just the lifestyle of how it was and what it took to you know play at the highest level man so uh we're just gonna start off you know my brother he got a contract man he yo he signed a contract man so we're just gonna you know we're just gonna start off by asking the journey and how you got to that contract man so do you remember like how it started off like when you first got uh you know first got into baseball like dedication you eat slept baseball like when did it start man now, of course, of course. I remember when our older brother, Eddie, Eddie Pagan, um, he used to go to Long Island every weekend to train baseball. 
I wasn't even thought I haven't even thought of baseball at that time. Um, at week after week after week, and I remember one time, actually plenty of times, he came out in a newspaper. Oh man! Baseball. I remember, you know, he was getting bigger, stronger, you know. Um, so that that's what that's what got me started. You know, my older brother, mm-hmm. seeing how great he was doing. Yeah, you know, he set a. Yeah, he, he was, set a great example, man. He set a great example. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My boy was on the newspaper. My boy was a stud over there in Long Island. He was he was coming on the newspaper like every week. Oh you man! Know, I said, "All right, that's gonna be me." <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's fun, man. And um, so he was tra- he was in Long Island, right? And uh, how did you get to Long Island? What 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 started in Long Island? I remember. All right, so it all started with um. Two very special guys, um, Kelvin and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those were two two coaches from Long Island that used to come to the Bronx and recruit, you know, uh, ball players from from the city. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the city talent was was different. You know, um, so he came to a to a baseball field near the house, saw a bunch of kids, you know, practicing, you know, and he he. Went to the practice towards the end and told them, listen, we're going to have a tryout tomorrow. You know, be here at 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, the next day came, Eddie was honestly the first person there, like at 6.30. Mm-hmm. 6, 6.30. And they loved it. So then ever since, you know, um, they started training Eddie. And they started taking him to Long Island, you know, every weekend. Um, and that's how it started. Nice, nice, man. And uh, how did you get into... You know, Long Island. How did you get into that program? All right, so Kelvin and Mike, they used to drive. They used to pick up Betty in the front of Bronx, mm. bring him to Long Island, and then after the weekend was over, they used to drive him back to the Bronx. So every time they were dropping off Eddie in the Bronx, you know, I would meet them downstairs. Oh, wow. And then Mike and Kelvin at some point said, listen, you got the height. You know, um, why wouldn't you, you know, you start playing baseball? Mm-hmm. And then that was around 12 years old, and then that's when I started. Oh, wow. So you really, you put yourself out there. You went out there, and you went to go get it. Like, you, you wanted did. to be around it. Oh, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yo, I respect that, man. I respect that. just goes to show you guys, like, if you want to do something, like, you really got to put yourself out there, and you really got to go get it, man. And that's what my brother did right there, my brother Jonathan, man. He saw he saw the you know the improvements in Eddie's life, our older brother, you know his skill, the the way he was looking, and he was like, "Yo, I want some of that. I want to be just like exactly. that." Mm-hmm. And he went out there, he put himself out there, and you know he got connected, and he got plugged in, man. He got plugged in, and uh, it just took off from there. It just took mm-hmm. off from there. So how did it start? You was going like every weekend, I remember. Every weekend at first. Yes. It was it was the saddest thing ever, man. It was the saddest thing ever. I couldn't spend <laughs> I was I, I yo, it was sad, man. It was you know, it from my perspective, you know, it this this just shows like the sacrifices that you that you had to make, man. Like talk about the sacrifices, yeah, man. What what sacrifices you had to make to pursue the dream. Yeah, one of the one of the sacrifices was, you know, not going out during the weekends. You know, um I have friends that were going out to parties, bars, this and that. You know, um and I just continued to go to Long Island every single weekend. 
for weight training, for batting practice, for fielding, everything related to baseball. What, what else? Are you Talk about family, too, man. How hard was it to be away uh, from the family? Yeah, honestly, when I was young, I really didn't realize, mm-hmm. you know, how important it is. But then when you get older, you sort of realize that's a lot of time away from the family. Yeah, you know? man. But yeah. when you're young, you really don't realize. You don't you know? at all. You don't. And uh, so it started off with the weekends, and then you went over there full time. How did that yes. start? So I remember in the Bronx, I was starting to get in trouble a little bit. Um, so uh, our mom, mommy, um, mm. she she knew Mike and Kelvin very well from Eddie. You uh-huh. know, um, so she became they became like family friends, and uh, Mike came up with the idea. Listen, you know, to keep you out of trouble, you know, let me just speak to your mom to you know, take it to Long Island. And she thought it was a great idea. And me too. You know, and then um, that's when I ended up moving to Hicksville with Mike and uh, and Kelvin. This was so, you hear me? Hello? Sorry, technical difficulties. I did hear that. (laughs) So she told you, so she was talking to them. And they said it was yeah, a good... So she, yo, what you was doing, bro? What you was getting in trouble for? <laughs> you know what? Um, I remember, like, um, my junior year, uh, I I don't know if you remember the whole incident where, uh, you know, we got jumped in a, bro- in a, in a block, you know, mm-hmm. in yeah, regards yeah. to that whole situation. Yeah, so um, it was just getting bad. And I said, you know what? My main focus right now was baseball. And the best opportunity for me to make it is if I move. To Long Island on top of that. Yup, get out of the Bronx, man. To get That's out of it, the Bronx. You know? Mm-hmm. Crazy, man. Crazy. And that was my main focus, you know, to get better in baseball, try to get drafted, and and that's it, you know? So uh, you went over there your junior year in high school? I did my senior year over there in, in Hicksville oh, High School. So you played one year over there in Hicksville? One year, yes. So I actually did some research, bro, and I got your numbers. <laughs> From where? I got your numbers from Lehman. So Okay. Uh you went to Lehman, uh Herbert H. Lehman down there in East Tremont. You guys know Westchester Square. My brother went to that school over there and uh you played three years over there, right? Yes, I did. Three years. So I right here I actually have your numbers from three years and I'm gonna read them to you guys. I'm gonna read them to you. His, I haven't looked at his first while, year. His first year. 2007 to 2008 this is baseball this is jv made the jv team my boy was bad in 387 with an on base percentage 457 slugging percentage 419 my boy played nine games right 31 at bats he got 12 hits a double only four strikeouts out of out of 31 at bats that's pretty good and seven stolen bases, man. This was your first year. Your first year of high school baseball, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And on to your second year. You thought the first year was good? Check out the second year, guys. Dude, my my boy batted 517. <laughs> Video game numbers. My boy batted 517 on base percentage, .659. Slugging percentage, .966. My boy got 29 at-bats, 15 hits, two homers. Yo, bro, did you hit two homers, bro? 
Yeah. Yo, they was out of the park or like inside? I think one was inside, the other one was over the, over the fence. Wow. Yo, I didn't hit my first home run till college, bro. Like, you're a savage, bro. <laughs> Crazy. And yo, he had 29 at bats and one strikeout. Talk about showing improvement, man. He had four strikeouts. How could you get any better than that? Out of 31 at-bats, you only have four strikeouts. That's pretty impressive. And then the next year, this guy goes on to strike out only one time, bro. One time. 16 stolen bases. You was leading off? Um, Yes, I was. Stud, man. Stud. And last, his, uh, his, 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 uh, his junior year. His last year in Lehman, which you guys made it to the championship, right? I remember that game. Yes, we did. Made we it won to the, the championship that year, too. No, y'all didn't. Yeah, we did. Nah, y'all lost. We beat Monroe in the championship, and we... Uh, I thought y'all lost, lost to, to Tottenville. Tottenville. Y'all no, lost? We won, no, we won the championship. Uh-huh. Oh, you know what? Tottenville was in our division. Yeah. Y'all lost like yeah. 1-0, bro. That's right. That's right. The, the only that. run yeah, that yeah, they yeah, scored... The only run that they scored was when the pitcher threw the threw threw the first and it went over the over, first baseman's over head. The first base head. And yep. they they that scored, yo. That was I think you were like the only one to get a hit in that game, bro. Yeah, I was on second base with no out. Yup. Yup, that's exactly when we got in. He couldn't get a bunt down. He couldn't get the bunt down. He struck out. The other one popped up and then the third one popped up. So yeah. Damn. But last, you know, his junior year numbers, my boy batted 465. And this is varsity, guys. This is ain't this ain't no peewee JV, man. This is varsity, you heard? One of the toughest divisions in the city. Back in the day, you know, when Lehman was uh was up there. My boy had mm-hmm. f- batted 465, 43 at-bats, 20 hits, 17 stolen bases. 12 base on balls, man. Like, yo, bro, how were you feeling up there? How do you feel your skill was by the time you got to high school? Like, how do you think you were? Honestly, I was very confident because I worked so hard. My confidence level was off the roof, you know? So I went up to that bat, to at bats, knowing, like, I'm the shit, you know? Yeah. And uh, speaking of work, uh, workouts, bro, what was your, what was your routine like? Like when you was in Long Island, right? What mm-hmm. was a what was a normal day of of in the life? What's a day in the life over there in Long Island? In Long Island? Yeah. All right, when I used to go on the weekends, we used to wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, um sometimes go most of the time actually go to the field, catch some ground balls. What time you guys wake balls. up in the morning? Like around nine o'clock in the morning. Mm, nine every day. Yeah. We didn't sleep in at all. Oh wow. Never slept in. Never slept in. Yeah. You guys were up and at them, 8 a, 9 a.m. Yep. What time was Mike yeah. getting up? Um, he used to get, he used to wake up a little earlier because he's the one I used to make the breakfast. Mm, what do you guys, um, what like you guys used to o'clock. eat? What do you guys used to eat? Um, damn, what day we used to eat? What he used to make y'all? For breakfast, I don't re- oh, um, because <laughs> I know you guys used to feast yeah, on pizza, yo. I know for lunch we used to eat a lot of pizza and hot dogs and burgers and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, burgers. Um, for breakfast I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. I can't I can't even think about it. Maybe like oatmeal or like eggs. 
Oh, like cereals and mm-hmm. for what else? Like uh, that's all I could think of. Like we used to have like boxes of cereals every time. What's your favorite cereal? That, that, I'll say um, Apple Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Apple, Apple Jacks. Jacks. You like cinnamon, huh? Of course, of course. Nice, nice. So you guys were up and at them at 9 a.m. You guys are on the field at what, like 10 a.m.? Like 10 o'clock in the morning. This is every day? At, um, at every day we were at Long Island. All right, so, so for the weekend, like t- twice, you know? Uh-huh. Back to back days. Yeah. So you guys up and at them, 10 a.m. on the field. Mm-hmm. Then yep. you guys what? You get lunch? After that... I go straight to the batting cage. Batting cages, man. About how many baseballs you think you guys like hit? In... Dude, um, we used to hit until our hands bled. It, oh, you my know? God. Yo. It, was, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. Every day. You know? Crazy, Yeah, man. so we'll, we'll take approximately like like two buckets each. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we'll just um just for like warm up. And then um we say it off the machine a lot. And then you, and you got a job there, right? Yeah, I ended up getting a job there. Yep, they got yo. They guys, these guys lived in there. They was like, you know what? Let me just get a let me just get a job here. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, man. So, so you go over there, right? You go over there full time. You're a senior. How did it go your senior year over there in uh in Hicksville? Honestly, um, out of the whole team, I was the only one that batted over three hundred. Wow. Um, <clears throat> the team wasn't great. It wasn't great. Um, I batted 480. Um, I won all conference. I won MVP. Oh my um, god! Yeah, I, I took almost every title in my senior year over there. This guy's a stud, guys. I'm telling you, guys. I I witnessed it firsthand. You know, like his dedication to the sport, and it was it was truly unmatched, unmatched. You know. So talk about Mike a little. Talk about Mike. He was your mentor, right? Yes. So, so how how was it living with Mike? Um, it was honestly when we went over there, it was just straight baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, just business. Also, you know, yeah, and also like on top of that, on our downtime, he'll take us out, you know, to the movie theaters. You know, the boys. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to the movie theaters. We'll go to a lot of diners to mm-hmm. go eat. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he was he was big into like going out. You know, like. As a family, you know, just for like, just for the break, you know, yeah. just for like a little break, you know. Mm-hmm. But we definitely did the movie theaters a lot, and and restaurants. Nice, nice. yo, mental. Uh, Mike was, Mike was the best man. Like this, he was like a father figure to you, right? Would you say that? Oh, he definitely was. He definitely was. My man took care of you, right? Nah, absolutely. Yeah, man. He was. Mike is Mike is a legend. All right, so let's get right to business. Uh-huh. When did you get So how how did you Ended up taking it to the next step Like what did you have to do How did you get into showcases How did you get your name out there Yeah honestly um, I never went to any showcase mm-hmm. And that was like probably one of my downfalls I know a lot of A lot of athletes they go to showcases They go to the combine They do all types of stuff I never did any of that stuff Oh wow now, So I remember Uh huh I remember one day I was in a batting cage, and that just another day in the cage, just hitting with my boy. Just working. Just working. And then there was a there was a scout there watching another player pitch. 
I had no I had no idea. I had no clue who this guy was. So after I finished one of my rounds that I was destroying every single baseball, <laughs> the guy just stood there and just, you know, watched me hit. And after my round, he called me over. He's like, excuse me, sir, come here real quick. So I go over. He's like, do you, do you know who I am? I said, do all the respect? I really don't. He's like, um, I'm the I'm the Mets scout, Larry Izzo. I said, oh, okay. So um, what he ended up doing, he gave me a business card. And he's like, I'm going to put you under the prospects to watch in Long Island. Oh, wow. I said, okay. I said, okay, no problem. So then um, my senior year of Hicksville, um, I kid you not, like the third game in, I saw um, two Cincinnati Reds scout where they watching. That oh. day I went two for three with two triples. Wow. So then, yeah, so they spoke to Mike, and um, they gave me an invitational-only tryout. So every person that was in this tryout was invited to this tryout. Mm-hmm. It was not walk-ins. It was just straight invitational. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we did the, the basic, you know, um, the 60-yard dash. Um, I was an outfield. They threw me in the outfield. I was throwing it a second, third. Hitting, we did a little bit of live, mm-hmm. and then towards the end, um, after the whole tryout, the Cincinnati Reds trial, the Cincinnati Red Scout spoke to Mike towards the end. Mm-hmm. I wasn't involved in this whole conversation, but he spoke to Mike towards the end, saying, "You know, we're interested. Um, we would like to sign him as a free agent." You know, that's basically you know just to get your foot wet, you yeah, know, as a free agent. So, um, long story short, you know, um, my work ethic was incredible. So, Mike, in his mind, I'm going to get bigger, stronger, better. So, he said no. He said no to the to the contract? To offer, yes. What was I the offer? offer? I think, uh, I don't know the number exactly, but I've been, I'm, I'm hearing it was like $10,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that too. As the free agent, you know, so I'm like, and... You know, Mike said no, whatever, we'll just keep working. So So that next so, so wait one next second. year came. Wait, before we go. So you got offered so you, you killed the showcase. You killed it. Honestly, I didn't kill it. That's why they only offered me as a free agent. Uh-huh. Like you had guys my size or bigger, right? Yeah. My sixty yard dash, my fastest was a six five three times. What's what's you considered guys, fast? Average is seven. Mm. And you was doing That's a six average. five. I ran a six five, yeah. That's pretty fast, so no? That, that, yeah, it is quick. Yeah. It is quick. So so um you had guys as fast or faster. Mm. From the outfield when I was throwing dots to, to second base and third base, you had people with the same arm strength or better. Mm. Heading wise, same thing. Same exact power or more. Yeah. You know, it may it is the competition out there is very uh it's big yeah it's tough out there it, it it really is it really is so that's why you know I, I i stood in the middle i didn't do bad i didn't do great you know i was right in the middle that's why they offered me you know as a free agent ten thousand dollars mm. so what do you, you know so so mike said no we're gonna get better we're gonna keep working and keep see working. if it gets and maybe next year it'll increase right Exactly. All right. So going on to next year, what ha- what what was going on? So next year, you know, I had my same work ethic, 
working out every day, hitting every day. Um, during the season, my first year of college at Nassau Community College, mm-hmm. I was batting half halfway through the season. I was batting five forty seven. Oh my! Was, in college, bro, five forty seven. Dude, I was destroying the ball. Oh my god! Destroying the ball, bro. And the so competition only, over there is 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 like is is it's, it's, it's tough, bro. Like Suffolk is is tough too. You played Suffolk. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So halfway through the season, I'm buying five forty seven, and I hurt my I just sprained my ankle, and I was out for the rest of the season. Damn. And that right there, that's what set me back completely. Damn. What happened? In like, regards to the, how you sprained it. All right. So I was in third. This this was a non league game. A non-league I game? In, I was non-league game. I was in third base. Um, a pass ball. Mm-hmm. I'm running towards home. It ricochets off the backstop. It comes back to the to the catcher. The catcher turns, so I take a leap to to step towards home plate. Yeah. And I stepped at the edge of home plate and sprained my ankle. Oh man. No, it was bad. So I was out. I was out for four months. So I was out for the rest of the season. Damn. I was out for the championship. I, they won the championship that year, and I was out for that too. Damn, man. Yeah, it happens, you know. It happens. Yeah. So, continue on for there. Were you able to to get back to that level, or what? What happened? Honestly, at that point, um, in my mind, I was just more into getting drafted. So that right there, you know, um, my second year, I batted three eighty seven. They don't want to see those numbers. They want to see more. They want to see nah. They want to see like five hundred. Yeah, bro. Yes, that's what they want to see. So then, my last year, I was in my head too much. I gotta get drafted. I gotta get drafted, and I forgot to have fun. Yeah. You know, I forgot to have fun, and it's not a business till you get until you're getting paid for it. You mm-hmm. know. So in the meantime, just have fun, work hard, and just enjoy your time while you have. You know, while you're there. Yeah. You know, I was too too into my head, so I batted two sixty my last year. Mm-hmm. Was and that like it. your last eligible year or what? Last eligible year. Yep. Damn. To get drafted? To get yeah. And in college season too. That was yeah. my that was my last my last college season. In Westbury? At SUNY Westbury. Mm. So uh so that was the process right there. Talk about your favorite memories. Uh, with baseball, man. Like, do you do you remember a favorite game, a favorite moment? Oh, dude, are you kidding me? There's this one game. Yeah, I remember. Uh, it was a it was a summer league game, right? So, um, I hit a I hit a double. I'm the only man on base, and I steal third. When I steal third, and I dove and slid into third, I banged up my knee very, very bad. Damn. It was swollen. I I could barely walk. Wow. My team only had nine players. Oh. So if I was to get out the game, yeah, I'd forfeit. that's it. So I had to stay in the game, right? My next at bat, I was up, bases loaded, open field. There's no fence, nothing. I'm batting up, and I hit a rocket. Oh, over my. Left field. oh my God. So I couldn't run, so I was kind of like half jog. Yeah. You know? And the coach is like, do not even dare to run. Don't run. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally, I'm literally limping around the bases with an inside of the park grand slam. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Yo, bro, how far did you hit that ball, bro? Dude, it was a rocket, dude. It was, yeah. Yo, you think that would have been gone in like Yankee Stadium? How far is Yankee Stadium? Like it was like three hundred fifteen. Yeah. 300? Yeah, it would have been gone. Yeah, no doubt it. Yeah, no it, it doubt was metal about bat. it. It was metal bat, so it was it was a, it was a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that we have we talked about you know your journey, your favorite moments, anything you want to reflect upon, like, what? Yeah, man. Anything you want to say? Um, like message to the like message to the youth. You know, message yeah, to your so youth like, about journey and you know that it just yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's never it's never too late to start, you know. Like uh, Sammy Sosa, you know, he started at at sixteen years old, and look what he made. I started baseball when I was twelve. Um, it depends on your work ethic. You got kids got to work hard these days, you know. Like my work, my schedule when I was in the Bronx. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I had I had a I had a problem, right? So, Lehman, we had a gym class called baseball just for baseball players. Yeah, it was ran by the baseball coach. Oh yeah, right. I think I remember. So, yeah. So, we had a outdoor. We had a on our field. We had a a batting cage on the on the on the side on the foul territory. Mm-hmm. Before this was my schedule. I started late, so I knew I had to catch up. Right, I had to bust my behind so so I could be where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So before school started, I took batting practice in that cage by yourself. With one of my partners, with one of my um, baseball players. Yeah. We both got together, had a bucket of balls. We were heading before school started, right? During school, we had that gym class for baseball players. That What we did, was we, we just practiced, mm-hmm. right? So that's two practices. After school, we had regular baseball practice. Yep, like for the team. After re- the whole team. Mm-hmm. After regular baseball practice, I went home. I hit the gym. After the gym, sometimes, not all the times, sometimes I would take the parachute, go to Morrison, go to Morrison. and do some sprints. Look at that, guys. Look that at that. Was, and I knew I had to do some catching up to do. I had a lot of catching up to do. You also so ran track, behind. all that stuff, track. right? Yep. And I remember you was leaving the house at like 6, six in the morning, bro. 6 in the morning. For the track events? No, no, for uh, for practice. Yeah, he was leaving yeah, at five yeah. or six, bro. You was out. Mm-hmm. With my baseball bag, ready to go. Yo, I'm telling you, man, that dedication, and it was it was unmatched, man. It's unmatched. Yeah, yeah, I definitely worked hard, man. I knew I had to I had to do a lot of catching up, so I had to I had to put in that work, you know. And look, when you was working, when you thought nobody was watching. Your opportunity presented itself right there, man. That just exactly, yeah. It just goes to show, man. The harder you work, the luckier you get, guys. The harder you work, the luckier you get. You like that one, right? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> but yeah, Jonathan, I just want to say thank you, you know, for uh, for coming, for joining. You know, I know it took a little longer than expected, uh, but I just want to say thank you, man, and thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing, you know, your beautiful story. I know it was a little yeah. out of whack, you know, but it is what it is, man. We still got some content out, man. Exactly. You know, just keep doing your thing. I'm proud of you. Bro. Yo, thank you, you bro. You know, I just had to. Doing what you're doing. So I had to, I had to put it, I had to put you on episode 21. You feel me? Because 21 was the number that's that you used to number. rock. Yup. 
That's yeah, all. That's Look, I'm looking at the page right now. It tells me your number, your outfield. I mean, your your position, all that stuff. My boy used to rock wow. number 21, man. That's he's literally an inspiration on why I used to rock 21. Him and my older yeah. brother, and also because of who? Roberto Clemente. <laughs> that's why you know I wanted to interview you for episode 21. Because uh, you know we, you wore twenty one. Junior wore twenty one. Sometimes I rock twenty one. You know it's my birthday, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's a special episode. And, and again, man, I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, absolutely, thanks for having me. Right yes, you'll be back on, man. You're gonna get. You're gonna come on another time. All right, bro. But thanks for sharing your story. Of course, yeah, right. man. Yeah, you have a great day. Take care. Yo, take care, Love bro. You, Hit it, hit the gym, man. Love you, bro. Stay cool. Love you too. Bye, bye. Wow, guys. Wow, we got it. We did it. We made it. We did the the interview. It was a long time in the making. You know, we had to reschedule a couple times. I had to put back episode twenty one. But you know, guys, this is my first little interview. Hope it went well. You know, it was a little out of whack. I should prep a little more. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> But, um, you know, we're going to get into some baseball talk, um, postseason picture, playoff picture, playoff previews, and uh, let's get into the baseball, man. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the baseball segment of episode 21. And the season ended Saturday, guys. The regular season ended Saturday and today started the postseason. Uh, you know, we got a lot of good teams, a lot of good teams that are in the uh in the playoffs right now. And uh, you know, I just want to talk about you know how we usually do it. We're gonna go through the league's final standings, uh, the league leaders, and uh, you know, we'll go on from there, man. Let's uh let's go. So we're gonna start off with the final standings of the season. And how these teams finished. So leading the American League East, clinching the division, the Baltimore Orioles with 101 wins, 61 losses. In the AL Central, you got the Minnesota Twins coming out of that division with 87 wins, 75 losses. In the AL West, you got the Houston Astros clinching that division with 90 wins and 72 losses. Same exact record as the Texas Rangers, but in the season series, Houston Astros won. In the National League East, you got the Atlanta Braves, the best team in baseball, with 104 wins and 58 losses. They clinched the NL East, clinching the NL Central, You got the Milwaukee Brewers with 92 wins and 70 losses. And clinching the NL West, you got the Los Angeles Dodgers with with 100 wins and 62 losses. So we got some good teams over there. And last but not least, uh, we're going to tell you who uh, who clinched the wild card. So clinching the AL wild card, you got the Tampa Bay Rays, Texas Rangers, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Those guys clinched the AL wild card. And clinching the NL wild card, 
We got the NL East rivals, Philadelphia Phillies, and the Miami Marlins clinching the NL, I mean, the NL wildcard. And last but not least, you also got the Diamondbacks, who also clinched the last spot in the wild card, man. So this postseason is going to be really fun. You got a lot of good teams. We got a new pitch clock. We got, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting, man. So um, before I get into the, uh, you know, the playoff preview and the matchups, um, we're just going to talk about the league leaders real fast. Lastly, the league leaders to finish off the season. Here we go. Batting. Average. The leader in batting average for the MLB is Luis Arise. Batting 354. He won the batting title. Leading the league in home runs, we got Matt Olson with 54 home runs. Leading the league in RBIs. Again, Matt Olson with 139 RBIs. Leading the league in stolen bases. We got Ronald Acuna with 73 stolen bases. Wow, he yo, he he had 40 home runs and 73 stolen bases. A 40-70 season, man. Talk about a MVP season. And last but not least, we're definitely gonna go into the pitching stats. The pitching leaders. So the ERA king for the season was Blake Snell. He finished with a 2.25 ERA. Leading the league in wins, we got Spencer Strider, the only guy with 20 wins. And leading the league in strikeouts, Spencer Strider with 281 strikeouts. And the last stat saves, the saves king for the season, Emmanuel Class A. Leading the league in saves with 44 saves for the season. That'll put him at number one. That'll put him at number one. So now we're going to get into the playoff preview, guys. Playoff preview. And I'll tell you who's matching up against who. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Postseason. Here we go. So, in the AL side, in the first round for the wild card, it's a best out of three series. So, the first team to win two wins in the first round wins and advances to the next round. And in the first round, in the AL side, you got the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Minnesota Twins. So we're going to start off on how that that picture is looking. For the Toronto Blue Jays, they're coming off. They're barely squeaked in to the wild card. They finished the season... They finished the season at 89 wins, 73 losses, and they barely clinched the last spot in the the AL wildcard. And, uh, you know, they got a pretty decent squad. They have a strong lineup. 
They got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's having he's having a really quiet year, you know, but he's still a presence at the plate. You also got Matt Chapman, who got hot at the beginning of the year, but he has struggled, you know, towards the end of the year. The Blue Jays, they got pretty big names. They got a really strong lineup. I still didn't mention George Springer. I didn't mention Bo Bichette, you know, Alejandro Kirk. They got a lot of studs over there. They got a lot of studs over there, and their pitching is also pretty good. So, you know, they got Kevin Galsman, their ace, Jose Barrios, who's having a good season, and also uh, Chris Bassett, who's coming up, who, who was a former Met last year. Uh, he's also having a good season. You know, they got a light, they got a good closer in Romano. So it's going to be an interesting series. On the twin side, you got Pablo Lopez, who's having a phenomenal year for the for the Twins in his first year after signing that contract. So he's having a solid year. Carlos Correa also having a solid year. I mean, not really. He's he's been battling injury, but he's still he's gonna be in it. He's also a presence at the plate. But the Minnesota Twins, one of their hottest bats is Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis a rookie, a former number one draft pick, has been putting on a tear to close to close uh to close this season. He was placed on the IL in September twenty second, but he's been activated today to start. And for his last seven games, he's batting three thirty three. He's got three home runs, eight RBIs, and he's just been he's just been putting on a tear. There was a there was a stretch where he had like back to back grand slams in back to back games or something. You know this guy was really on a tear putting the putting the Twins on their back. It's gonna be an interesting series. The Twins have home field advantage. Pablo Lopez, the ace, starting on the mound. So it's gonna be a good series. In that series, I um, it's tough. It's tough. You know what? I got the. I got the I got the Blue Jays. I got the Blue Jays winning the series. I feel like their bats are gonna wake up. Kevin Gosman, he's gonna have a good uh, a good outing. Uh, Bassett and Barrios, you know they got one of those guys got game two, so you know they got pretty good starting pitching, and that lineup can kill you, you know, whenever they want, you know. Like I said, those big names: Vlad Jr., Bo, uh, George Springer, Matt Chapman, Alejandro Kirk. You know, these guys have a lot of names, you know, on that team. They underperformed this year, but um, you know, hopefully they could uh they could, you know, beat the Twins. The Twins haven't won a postseason game in 18 straight games. So they're bound to win game one. But um, you know, I think the I think the Blue Jays win it in three games. I think the Blue Jays win it in three games. And, um, you know, that's that series. The next series is the Texas Rangers versus the Tampa Bay Rays. The four seed versus the five seed. The Tampa Bay Rays, um, they started the season off hot. They had, like, the best record through the first 30 games in MLB history. But they came back to earth, you know, after the second half. And they were able to clinch a wild card spot after, you know, leading the division, you know, for most of the season. But 
You know, they just got they just they they got sloppy. They lost Wander Franco. You know, a huge loss. A huge, huge loss. Big time. It doesn't even it doesn't even you know, they've lost a couple guys. They also lost Shane McClanahan. You know, he was a Cy Young front runner before he lost before he got uh he got injured for the season uh for Tommy John. My man's getting Tommy John. But the Rays, you know, they have a the system. Their culture is is built to win. You know, they have good culture over there. They have good coaching. And for some reason, they just bring out the best in players. You know, they find a lot of no-name players, and then these guys end up being studs. Like Randy Arozarena. That guy's a stud, man. He's arguably probably the best player on that team. You got Yandy Diaz, who has a who had a record year. You know, a career year this year. He batted 330. Isak Paredes. Like, you don't even know who that is. You got, like, that name, you don't even know who that is. Isak Paredes, he batted 250. He had 31, 31 home runs and 98 RBIs. You know, talk about a gem. And he's been in the league since 2020. But he just started making noise. This year, you know, so he had a really good year, arguably the MVP of the team. But, you know, there's just something about the Tampa Bay Rays and what they're doing over there to unlock the full potential of these players. You know, their bullpen is is lights out. What's questionable is probably their starting rotation. You know, Glasnow is is solid. But who, who else? Who else but Glasnow? You know, who else is on that team that can make noise besides Glasnow? You know, they lost Shane McClanahan. Let me check out their roster. Like, it's tough for me to name. That's how, you know, that's how uh, that's how tough, you know, it might be for the... Uh... Oh, they got Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin had a good season this year. Zach Eflin is most, most likely their Game 2 starter. He had 16, 16 wins and 8 losses. 3.5 ERA. Decent, decent, very solid numbers. 186 strikeouts. 1.02 whip. That means, whip means uh, uh, walks, hits uh, per inning. So he only averages one walk or one hit per inning. You know, so that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Um... But he he, ha, he also had a good season. I'm I'm, I'm guessing he's going to be the game two starter. Glasnow is going to be game one, and I don't know, man. The Rays they do something. They they just do stuff that unlocks potential from these players, man. And uh, you know they were able to win. They were able to win 99 games this season. You know it just shows you how tough the AL East is. You know they won 99 games and they ended up in second place. So, you know it's pretty tough. But on the Texas Rangers side, the Texas Rangers have a squad. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I might be repeating myself, but, you know, they have a lot of players. You know, they have a lot of good players. They got Adolis Garcia, who's having a career year. He had, uh, he batted 245 for the season. 39 homers. 107 RBIs. You got uh, Corey Seager. Marcus Simeon. You know, Corey Seager, are you know probably MVP front runner as well for the AL. 
So, you know, AL is, is kind of up for grabs if it's not Shohei Otani. But for the regular season, he batted 327 with 33 home runs and 96 RBIs. He led the league in doubles, and he was just on a tear this season. He was just on a tear this season, and there was there was literally no stopping this guy. This guy was literally probably one of the toughest outs to get in this season. He led the league in doubles with 42 doubles this season. Marcus Simeon, another big name. He batted uh he batted 276 for the season, 29 RBIs, hundred I mean 29 home runs, hundred RBIs. You know, the 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 Rangers got bats. The Rangers got bats. They also have a solid starting rotation. Um they got and they got Nathan Avaldi, who's having a good season so far, who's had a good season. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery, a former Yankee, he's just been hot on his last, in his last seven starts, he's 2-1, he's got a 3.46 ERA, 41 innings pitch, 32 strikeouts, and, uh, you know, he's been pretty good for the last couple games, and, uh, he's gonna get the nod for game one, he's also had a, a decent year, you know, ever since being traded from the from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. So when he was with the St. Louis Cardinals, he was 6-9. and nine. But then he got traded to the Texas Rangers, and he ended up going 4-2. and two. Um, He ended up going 4-2 and two with a 2.7 ERA. Pretty solid numbers. You know, with the St. Louis uh, Cardinals, he went 6-9 and nine with a 3.4 ERA. So the transition benefited him coming over to a new team. And he's been a horse for them. He's been a horse... The you know that lineup for the uh for the Rangers is pretty stacked. You know, Mitch Garver, uh Adolis Garcia, like I was saying, Corey Seager, Marcus, Marcus Simeon, Josh Jung. You know, these guys were uh Josh Josh Smith, you know, these guys were uh was were all stars this year, you know, so they got a pretty good squad. However, they're bullpen. Their bullpen has blown games. Chapman blown the game for them to to probably uh you know clinch the 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 AL West. He blew the game against Seattle. JP Crawford hitting a two-run single, walk off, two outs against Chapman. You know, so their 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 bullpen is very questionable. You know? But it's gonna be a good series. Coming out of that series, oh, that's tough, man. Coming out of that series, I'll I'll give it to the. I'm gonna give it to. Oh, this is tough, guys. It's tough. I'll give it to the. I'm gonna get it to the Rays. I'm gonna give it to the Rays. You know they had a great season, 99 wins, and uh, this team is is very resilient. You know, they're going through the stuff with Wander Franco and they were able still they were still able to clinch, you know, to get 99 wins. You know, Randy Orozarena I think is going to have a good uh, a good series. Um Isak Paredes um just, you know, the pitching is going to hold it down. The pitching is going to hold it down. You know, the bats just got to come alive. The bats just got to come alive, string hits together. They got a lot of they got a lot of players out there. You know, Harold Ramirez is a is kind of a you know he's 
he's having a career year as well. As well. I'm gonna tell you his numbers right now. But for the but but for 2023, you know he was batting 313, 12 home runs, 68 RBIs, 400 at bats. So he was having a pretty solid year. Um. So you know Isak Paredes. He's got to carry the uh, the offensive load. Yandy Diaz got to be doing what he's been doing all year, hitting. And, uh, you know, Isak Paredes just brings him in. You know, Randy Arozarena, another guy who shines in the in the spotlight. So I think the Rays are going to win it in three games. Um, the pitching is not going to be a problem for them. Pitching is not going to be a problem. The bats, however, is what I'm worried about. But I got the I got the Rays winning it. I got the Rays winning it. In three games. Now we're on to the uh, to the NL. We're on to the NL side. In the first round of the NL, in a best of three, you got the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'm going to get uh, off rip. When I think of the Arizona Diamondbacks, I think of a two-headed monster in that starting rotation with Zach Galen and... Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly. These Zach Galen was a, was a front runner for the Cy Young this whole season, but he had some pretty uh pretty tough starts during the stretch. So, you know, he kind of got taken out of it, but he's had a career year nonetheless. It's not even a question. He had 17 wins, 9 losses, 210 innings pitch with 220 strikeouts. Definitely a career year for Zach Galen. And, you know, he's just gonna lock them down. He's just gonna he's just gonna shut them down. He gets a lot of strikeouts. He's got some good stuff. Nice curve. And uh Merrill Kelly is another guy that uh that I think is gonna, you know, is is it that's been pitching well, you know, for the uh for the Arizona Diamondbacks as of late. So I think, you know, Merrill Kelly and Zach Galen are going to hold it down in the starting rotation. And the the Diamondbacks, they have some good bats as well. They got Corbin Carroll, you know, a rookie who's having a career year. You know, in his first year, he's got 25 homers, 76 RBIs, and 54 stolen bases. He's only 23. He signed a huge contract last at the in the offseason. And he's an all-star this year. And uh, he's gonna be—he's gonna play a big part. He's gonna play a big part, you know, leading it off. He's got to get on base. Um, he's got to do good, man. Cattell Marte is another guy. You know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. You know can turn it on. Evan Longoria, a trustworthy vet. Cattell Marte, switch hitting. You know. Uh, Switch hitting player Tommy Pham, who they acquired from the Mets uh, at the trade deadline, having a great season this year, you know. Um, but uh, I don't really know too much about their uh, their bullpen, so which could be a which could be a, a weakness, you know. So so it's gonna be a good series in the Milwaukee Brewer side. You got Corbin Burns, the ace of that team. Oh, the the Milwaukee Brewers, however, they did suffer a huge loss. One of their key pieces in the rotation 
and Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Brandon Wood Woodruff, as of last uh, last night, was um was announced that he was not gonna play uh, this series for the Brewers. You know, Brewers uh, clinched the NL Central Division. You know, Willie Adams having a good year. He's definitely the X factor. He's got 24 home runs on the season, 80 RBIs. Mark Canna, who was acquired by uh, from the Mets at the trade deadline, um, he's been having a good. Uh, he's been he's been hitting good for them. Ever since being acquired from the Milwaukee Brewers, he's batting. <clears throat> he's batting two eighty seven, with five home runs, and thirty three RBIs. Pretty solid numbers. Where was that when you was playing for the Mets, bro? Like, come on, man. Nah, I'm playing. <laughs> but Mark Canna's also good. You know, they got Josh Donaldson. He's not gonna. He's not. He's probably not gonna. You know, play that much. But you know, he's a good veteran presence. Carlos Santana, another piece that they acquired at the deadline. Carlos Santana is a is is really clutch. You know, he's got that. He's got that postseason. He's got that postseason dog in him. He's got that postseason dog in him. You know, he's a switch hitter. He's dangerous. He's 37, but he's still a, a, a still a veteran presence at the uh, at the plate. You know, so it's gonna be an interesting, interesting, uh, interesting series. You know, pretty both teams are pretty evenly matched, so it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Um, in that one. I'm gonna give it to the uh to the Diamondbacks. I think the Diamondbacks got that one. They put out they're gonna put Brandon Fat in the first uh in the first in the first game. And then Zach Galen, Mary Kelly for games two and three if needed. Um so I think the I think Diamondbacks are gonna pull this one out. Heavy heavy upset. And the next series we got the Miami Marlins against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Miami Marlins, definitely a surprise this year to us all, as the Marlins were able to, were able to sneak, to squeak in, you know, the NL wild card. And they did it without their reigning Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara, who was sidelined due to injury. Luisa Rice also was out. You know, due to injury with uh with a lower leg injury, and they were still able to clinch you know the NL wild card. So you know that's pretty good. They got they got some good momentum. You know, Luis Arias he came in and just set the tone for the Marlins offensively. You know, he won batting titles in back to back years in two different leagues. He finished batting three fifty four, but I think pitching. It's definitely going to be questionable for the Miami Marlins. You know, they have a solid, but they have a solid lineup. You know, they made moves to acquire Jake Berger from the White Sox. A great addition as he got hot, you know, to push the postseason run. He batted 250 with 34 homers. And um, <clears throat> he, batted, he batted 250 with 34 homers and 80 RBIs. You also got, uh, you know, Jazz Chisholm. 
Jazz Chisholm, speedy outfielder. He used to play second, but he got moved to the outfield. He's pretty solid. You can't you he's he's also he's a presence, man. He's a presence at the plate. You know? If he's hot, then they're they're kind of tough to beat. Kind of tough to beat if he's hot. <clears throat> so, you know, you know, they you know, he's one of my Jazz is one of my favorite players even though that he kind of blew me off when I said what's up to him at City Field. He kind of blew me off, but it, it's already. Right. He's a solid outfielder. And they also got a former World Series MVP in Jorge Soler. You know, so the Miami Marlins got some good momentum coming into the postseason. You know, they've got, uh, you know, Tanner Scott, one reliever of the month for September. You know, and hopefully they could just, uh, you know, they could pull it off. Game one, they got Jesus Lazardo, 26-year-old. 26-year-old player. He's got 10 wins and 9 losses on the season. He's had a pretty... He's been one of their best pitchers for the uh, Miami Marlins. I don't really know too much about the Miami Marlins, but I do know Jesus Lazardo has been their uh, their horse this season. You know, he's got 178 pitches, 208 strikeouts, 10 wins, 9 losses. Uh, he's having a pretty good season, and he's going to go for... Uh, you know, game one. So the Miami Marlins are facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies finished the season on a tear. You know, that one-two punch of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler is pretty dangerous, man. These guys are these guys are aces. Both of them are aces. You know, the lineup. Of the Phillies has some pretty big names as well. You got Trey Turner. He got signed for a big contract in the offseason. He had a slow start. Historic second half after starting off very slow. You know? Let's check out his stats real fast. Check out his stats real fast. From the Philadelphia Phillies, Trey Turner. Let's see his last uh his last 15 games. Oh. His last 30 games. He's got 120 at bats. He's got eleven home runs, twenty-seven RBIs, and he's batting 325 in his last 30 games, man. Talking about turning your season around, man. He's 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 a stud. Love that guy. You also got some big names. Alec Bohm. Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos drove in 106 RBIs this season. Kyle Schwarber, 47 home runs. And you definitely cannot forget about Bryce Harper. Can't forget about that stud. You know, he lives for the stage. Their bullpen, however, is going to be a little suspect. You know, I've seen Craig Kimbrell blow a couple saves, even though he was an all-star this year. But I saw him blow a couple saves. Jose Alvarado has control issues, so, you know, it's hit or miss with that guy. Jose Alvarado also gave up the go-ahead home run in last year's World Series to clinch it, you know, for the uh, Houston Astros. You know, 
Sir Anthony Dominguez, another strong arm. You know, the Phillies got some pretty big names. Hopefully they can repeat that postseason run from last year and, you know, beat the Marlins. In this series, in this series, um, I'm going to give it, I'm giving it to the Phillies. What am I saying? I was thinking of the Marlins, but I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I This one is tough. This one is tough, but I'm going to give it to the uh I'm giving it to the Phillies. I'm giving it to the Phillies. They're rested. They clinched before the they clinched before the Marlins. They got Zach Wheeler on the mound, who's who's pretty shut down. They got a strong lineup. Hopefully, Craig Kimbrell can you know tap into that All Star season and shut shut the lights you know for the Marlins. Get the saves. You know, so um, you know, I got the Phillies in that one. I got the Phillies. I got the Phillies winning this series. And last but not least, you know, we're going to talk about the teams that have a bye. That are already in the second round due to their great regular season. And first we're going to start off with the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles are coming off a record year. After going 52 and 110 last year, they come back this year. And go 101 wins with 61 losses. Let's just give them, let's just give them a huge round of applause. You know, last year, guys, they lost 110 games. And this year, they won 101 games. Talk about how the tables. Have turned. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. How the turntables. <laughs> That's a little office reference right there. If you guys, for my office fans out there, you know, my favorite show. I, I think I know like every line from like every episode of every season from that show. I love that show so much. Let's get back on track. So the Baltimore Orioles. Win 101, lose 61, but they did just suffer a huge loss. Felix Bautista, who's having a career year, he was an all-star, had a team leading 33 saves, a 1.48 ERA. He pitched 61 innings, guys. He pitched 61 innings, and he struck out 110. I mean, wow. So that means he must have been getting at least two strikeouts an inning. 61 innings pitched and 110 strikeouts? That's that's crazy. You know, he's been out since August 26th, and they, and they finally decided to shut him down for the season uh, so he can get Tommy John. So that's a huge loss for the Orioles. You know, they lost their closer. They lost their star, all-star closer. And, uh, you know, Yannir Carnot, him and Felix Bautista were like the one-two punch. Yannir Carnot was the setup man. Bautista will come in and close it down. You know, Yannir Carnot, he's going to have to step up in the closing role. The Orioles, they have a lot of pitching depth. 
You know, Jack Flaherty was in a was a trade deadline acquisition, and he's not even in the starting rotation. That's how that's how stacked this Baltimore Oriole team is when it comes to pitching. Let me just go through the names real fast. You got Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish, who's having a a season. He's got um he's got 12 wins, 7 losses, 168 innings pitched, 168 strikeouts. You got Kyle Gibson also having a solid year. He's got 15 wins, 9 losses, 192 innings, 157 strikeouts. He's not a lot, you know, they these guys aren't these guys aren't putting up record strikeouts, you know, like 10 strikeouts. These guys are pitching a contact and you know, they're forcing they're forcing bad contact. You know, John Means his last his last start was was uh was pretty pretty darn good. So he's got some good momentum. And this lineup, you cannot sleep on this lineup, man. You cannot sleep on this lineup. You know, led by the young guys, Adley Rutschman, batting 277, all-star, 20 home runs, 80 RBIs in the leadoff spot. You got Gunnar Henderson, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, undoubtedly the, the rookie of the year. At 22 years old, he was batting 255. Had team leading 28 home runs and 82 RBIs. You got Anthony Santander with a breakout season. He's got 95 RBIs on the season. So, you know, he's a... This team is pretty good. Austin Hayes was also an all-star. Cedric Mullins wasn't an all-star, but he's picked it up at the and in the final stretch of the season. Adam Frazier, lefty hitting contact hitter. Like, these guys can put the bat on the ball, you know? So the Orioles got a pretty solid team, and they're undoubtedly the favorites to come out of the American League. But, um, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And uh, the next team we're going to talk about is the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros, they just can't lose. Like, th this is a dynasty that we're witnessing right now. I know they cheated. I know whatever. But it, I don't know, man. These guys, they just continue to make it to the World Series every single year. And I'm not going to lie. These guys, they're, they're, they're my dark horse to make it to the World Series. Not even my dark horse. I got these guys in the World Series. I got them in the World Series. I got them in the World Series playing. I don't got them winning it. But I got them playing in the World Series. I think it's going to be the Astros and the Orioles and the ALCS. And the Houston Astros are going to, you know, they're going to win. They're going to go to the World Series. You know, this team is just like, this is a dynasty, guys. It's a dynasty. You know, they're often overlooked as a dynasty because of what they did with that cheating scandal with the cameras and stuff. But no matter what you say, man, these guys... They lost Carlos Correa. They lost George Springer. They lost Yuli Gurriel. And these guys still end up making it to the playoffs and making it to the World Series. You know? That's how, you know, this team is, this team, their culture is just winning. 
you know? Jose Abreu, off-season acquisition. He's had a pretty slow year, but still, he's still a presence. Altuve, he's coming into the he's coming into the postseason with good uh with good momentum. Jordan Alvarez, the guy who sealed it for the Houston Astros last year with a with a bomb off of Jose Alvarado to put the Astros ahead. In this, yo, the regular season, he's batting 293, 31 homers, 97 RBIs. And he's only been in the league since 2019. You know, so Jordan Alvarez is a stud. They also got Alex Bregman. They got Michael Brantley back. They got Jeremy Pena, who was the rookie of the year, who was the ALCS MVP, who was the World Series MVP. You know, he's having a pretty slow year. But, you know, these guys are still pretty good. And last but not least, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker, probably one of the most underrated players in the game right now, you know? He's got he's batting 284, 29 homers, 112 RBIs, and 30 stolen bases. And his defense is immaculate, you know? And he's only 26. You know, they got Kyle Tucker. It's hard to strike this guy out, man. He's such a stud. Great fastball hitter. He's got a nice swing. And, you know, the Astros are just stacked, man. Pitching rotation. You got Christian Javier. You got Framber Valdez. You got Justin Verlander back. You got Justin Verlander. The bullpen. Still, the closer, Ryan Presley. Brian Abreu, Phil Maton, Hector Neris. You know, these guys, these guys are studs, man. These guys are studs. And I, I, the Astros are going to, the Astros are going to be in the World Series. I hate, you know, you hate to see it. You know, you would love to see the Orioles, a new team, or maybe someone else. But this is a dynasty right now. We're witnessing a dynasty when it comes to the Houston Astros, man. And I, I think they're, they're going to make it to the World Series. They're going to make it to the World Series. They're not going to win it. But I got them making it to the World Series. And now on to the, uh, <clears throat> to the next two teams that have clinched a bye in the second round. I mean, in the first round. We got the Atlanta Braves... And the Los Angeles Dodgers. We're going to start off with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers were supposed to be in a rebuild this year. You know, but the culture is just winning in L.A. After early season struggles, the Dodgers still managed to clinch the division. They got 100, and win, they got 100 wins and 62 losses in the season. Mookie Betts having an MVP season. Too bad he won't win it, but he's unanimously, he's unanimously number two, second place. You know, this is another star-studded lineup. You know, they got Mookie Betts, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, J.D. Martinez. All these guys with 100-plus RBIs. Mookie Betts, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, J.D. Martinez. All these guys with 100-plus RBIs, man. These guys can drive runs. These guys can score runs. 
you know, and James, they got James Outman, a rookie outfielder who immediately made a comeback, who immediately made an impact. They did just suffer a huge loss. You know, they did just suffer a huge loss in their ace, Julio Urias, after allegations, you know. So they suffered a huge loss. Walker Bueller, he's out for the season, you know, as he still recovers from Tommy John. They got a decent one, too, you know, with Clay and Kershaw and, ro and rookie Bobby Miller. You know, I think uh, the Dodgers, they're going to make some noise. I think they're going to make it to the ALCS, but they're going to fall short. They're going to fall short to the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves, clearly the favorites to win it all. They have the best team. They, they've had, they have been the best team the whole season. They finished with 104 wins, 58 losses. They arguably have the best player in the league with Ronald Acuna. And all and arguably the best one-two punch in the league with Acuna and Matt Olson. Both having career years so far. Ronald Acuna, he batted 337. He had 41 RBIs. I mean 41 homers, 73 stolen bases, and he scored. 149 times. Those last two stats are league leading. Matt Olson, he led the league in homers with 53. He led the league with RBIs with 139. I can literally imagine. I can literally imagine this. I, I literally just saw this. I can literally imagine Ronald Acuna, the leadoff hitter, getting a single. He immediately steals second, and Matt Olson just drives him in. And if Matt Olson doesn't drive him in, they still have Austin Riley. If Austin Riley doesn't drive him in, Marcelo Zuna, Eddie Rosario, Sean Murphy, Orlando Arcia, Ozzy Albies, Michael Harris. Like, this team is stacked from top to bottom. The Braves are the first team in history to have four players hit 35 plus homers. And check out this check out the team stats also. I'm going to read you the team stats. Like you know how I was doing the league leaders? Now look at the team leaders. The Atlanta Braves, they have the best team average with 276. The Atlanta Braves, they have the most home runs with 307. The Atlanta Braves, they have the most RBIs with 916. The Atlanta Braves, they have the most runs scored with 947. The Atlanta Braves, they have the most, they have the highest on base percentage with a .344. The Atlanta Braves, they have the highest slugging percentage at 501. The Atlanta Braves have the highest on base plus slugging percentage at .8. 845. The Atlanta Braves have the most hits with 1,543 hits. The Atlanta Braves have the most at bats combined with a team with 5,597 at bats. So the Atlanta Braves... <laughs>
They basically lead the league in almost every major hitting category. And they also lead the league in wins by pitchers with 104. They got a star-studded team. Shout out to the GM. You know, he deserves a raise. He deserves everything. He deserves a world because... This team is going to be around for, like, the next 10 years. Like, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy how stacked these guys are from top to bottom. They got Bryce Elder. I'm going to go through the rotation. They got Bryce Elder. They got... Oh, my God. What am I saying, man? They got Spencer Strider, man. They got Kyle... Kyle Wright. Where's Max Freed? They got Max Freed. In the bullpen, they got Heisel Iglesias, Brad Hand, Kirby Yates, AJ Minter. Like, this team is stacked from top to bottom. And they're undoubtedly. And they're undoubtedly the favorites to win it all. That, you know, they're just stacked from top to bottom. Top to bottom. Stacked. And I have them winning the whole thing. I got the Atlanta Braves winning the whole winning the whole thing. Cause they've been the best team this whole series. I mean this whole season. They've been the best team. You know, so it's gonna be a really fun postseason. I hope I got through every single team. This is episode 21, guys. Welcome. Thank you for staying. That's the end of the baseball segment. We're going to get into Bible talk, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for making it. Let's go to Bible talk. Let's get it, guys. Welcome to the Bible Talk segment. And in the last Bible Talk, we finished Genesis. We finished the Genesis book. Now we're on to the Exodus book. This is the second book. So read it with me, guys. I'm reading the easy-to-read version. This is not sponsored by the Bible app. But I would recommend downloading the Bible app so you guys can follow along. I'm reading the easy-to-read version, you know, so everybody can understand. And there are no fancy words. And, you know, it just gets straight to the point. So let's get it. Exodus 1. Here we go. When Jacob went to Egypt, his sons... And their families went with him. Here are the names of his sons. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. Another son, Joseph, was already in Egypt. So Jacob's whole family was with him. In Egypt, 70 descendants in all. Later, 
Joseph, his brothers, and all the people of that generation died. But the Israelis, the Israelites, had many children. And their number grew until the country of Egypt was filled with them. So that generation is gone, guys. That generation is gone, and we're in a new generation. Then a new king began to rule Egypt. He did not know Joseph. The king said to his people, Look at the Israelites. There are too many of them, and they are stronger than we are. We must make plans to stop them from growing stronger. If there is a war, they might join our, they might join our enemies, defeat us, and escape from the land. The Egyptians decided to make life hard for the Israelites. So they put so they put slave masters over the people. These masters forced Israelites to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses for the king. The king used the cities to store grain and other things. The Egyptians forced the Israelites to work harder and harder. But the harder they worked, the more they grew and spread. And the more the Egyptians became afraid of them. So the Egyptians made them work even harder. They made life hard for the Israelites. They forced the Israelites to work hard at making bricks and mortar, to work hard in the fields. The Egyptians showed no mercy in all the hard work they made the Israelites do. There were two Hebrew nurses who helped the Israelite women give birth. They were named Shifra and Pua. The king of Egypt said to the nurses, You will continue to help the Hebrew women give birth to their children. If a girl baby is born, let the baby live. But if the baby is a boy, you must kill him. But the nurses trusted God. The nurses trusted God. So they did not obey the king's command. They let all the baby boys live. The king of Egypt called for the nurses and asked them, Why did you do this? Why did you let the baby boys live? The nurses said to the king, The Hebrew women are much stronger than the Egyptian women. They give birth to their babies before we can go help them. The nurses trusted God, so he was good to them and allowed them to have their own families. The Hebrews continued to have more children, so they became very strong. So Pharaoh gave this command to his own people. If the Hebrew women give birth to a baby girl, let it live. But if they have a baby boy, you must throw it into the Nile River. Uh-oh. Exodus 2. 
There was a man from the family of Levi who decided to marry a woman from the tribe of Levi. Of Levi. She became pregnant and gave birth to a baby boy. The mother saw how beautiful the baby was and hid him for three months. She hid him for as long as she could. After three months, she made a basket and covered it with tar so that it would float. Then she put the baby in the basket and put the basket in the river in the tall grass. The baby's sister stayed and watched to see what would happen to the baby. Just then, Pharaoh's daughter went to the river to bathe. She saw the basket in the tall grass. Her servants were walking beside the river, so she told one of them to go get the basket. The king's daughter opened the basket and saw a baby boy. The baby was crying, and she felt sorry for him. Then she noticed that it was one of the Hebrew babies. The baby's sister was still hiding. She stood and asked the king's daughter, Do you want me to go find a Hebrew woman who can nurse the baby and help you care for it? The king's daughter said, Yes, please. So the girl went and brought the baby's own mother. Wow, it was a setup. It was a setup the whole time. It was a plan. Great plan. Great plan. The king's daughter said to the mother, Take this baby and feed him for me. I'll pay you to take care of him. So the woman took her baby and cared for him. The baby grew, and after some time, the woman gave the baby to the king's daughter. The king's daughter accepted the baby as her own son. She named him Moses. Because she had pulled him from water. Moses. Moses Momo. Moses grew and became a man. He saw that his own people, the Hebrews, were forced to work very hard. One day he saw an Egyptian man beating a Hebrew man. Moses looked around and saw that no one was watching. So he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Oh man, my boy Mo getting busy. Whoa. My boy Moses is like that? Wow. The next day Moses tall Moses saw two Hebrew men fighting fighting each other. So Moses, he saw a Hebrew man and an Egyptian fighting. The Egyptian was beating the Hebrew man. So Moses, you know what Moses did. He killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. The next day, Moses saw two Hebrew men fighting each other. So two Hebrew men were fighting each other. 
he saw that one man was wrong and said to him, Why are you hurting your neighbor? <clears throat> the man answered, Did anyone say you could be our ruler and judge? Tell me, will you kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid. He thought to himself, Now everyone knows what I did. Pharaoh heard about what Moses did, so he decided to kill him. But Moses ran away from Pharaoh and went to the land of Midian. Moses stopped near a well in Midian. There was a priest there who had seven daughters. These girls came to that well to get water for their father's sheep. They were trying to fill the water through they were trying to fill the water trough with water. But there were some shepherds there who chased the girls away and would not let them get water. So Moses helped the girls and gave water to their animals. Then they went back to their father, Reuel. He asked them, Why have you come home early today? The girls answered, The shepherds chased us away, but an Egyptian rescued us. He got water for us and gave it to our animals. So Reuel said to his daughters, Where is this man? Why did you leave him? Go invite him to eat with us. Moses was happy to stay with that man. Reuel let Moses marry his daughter, Zipporah. Zipporah became pregnant and had a son. Moses named him Gershom. Gershom. The reason I said Gershom like that is because it reminded me of a song. Um, but it's okay. But Moses named him Gershom because Moses was a stranger in a land that was not his own. A long time passed, and that king of Egypt died. But the Israelites were still forced to work very hard. They cried for help, and God heard them. God heard their painful cries and remembered he made an agreement with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the troubles of the Israelites. And he knew that he would soon help them. Moses' father-in-law was named Jethro. Jethro was a priest of Midian. Moses took care of Jethro's sheep. One day Moses led the sheep to the west side of the desert. He went to a mountain called Horeb, the mountain of God. On that mountain, Moses saw the angel of the Lord in a burning bush. Moses saw a bush that was burning without being destroyed. So he decided to go closer to the bush and see how a bush could continue burning without being burned up. 
The Lord saw Moses was coming to look at the bush. So he called him from the bushes, from the bush. He said, Moses, Moses, Moses said, yes, Lord. Then God said, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. You are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your ancestors. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have seen the troubles my people have suffered in Egypt, and I have heard their cries when the Egyptians hurt them. I know about their pain. Now I will go down and save my people from the Egyptians. I will take them from that land and lead them to a good land where they can be free from these troubles. It is a land filled with many good things. Many different people live in the land. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the, Hiva, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. I have heard the cries of the Israelites and I have seen the way the Egyptians have made life hard for them. So now I am sending you to Pharaoh. Go, lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, I am not a great man. How can I be the one to go to Pharaoh and lead the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, you can do it. Because I will be with you. This will be the proof that I am sending you. After you lead the people out of Egypt. You will come and worship me on this mountain. Then Moses said to God. But if I go to the Israelites and say to them. The God of your ancestors sent me. Then the people will ask me. What is his name? What should I tell them? Then God said to Moses, Tell them I am who I am. When you go to the Israelites, tell them I am sent me to you. And God said, Tell the Israelites that you were sent by Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. They will always be my name. This will always be my name. It is how I want the people to remember me from now on. Now go and call together the elders of the people. Tell them that Yahweh the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appear to you. Give them this message from me. I have been watching over you and have seen what people in Egypt have done to you. And I have decided that I will take you away from these troubles you are suffering in Egypt. I will lead you to the land that now belongs to others, the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, 
parasites, Hevites, and Jebusites. I will lead you to a land filled with many good things. The elders will listen to you. And then you and the elders will go to the Pharaoh. You will tell them, Yahweh is the God of the Hebrews. He came to us and told us to travel three days into the desert. There we must offer sacrifices to Yahweh, our God. But I know that the Pharaoh will not let you go. Only a great power will force him to let you go. So I will use my great power against Egypt. I will cause amazing things to happen in that land. After I do this, he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to be kind to the Israelites. They will give many gifts to your people when they leave Egypt. All the Hebrew women will ask their Egyptian neighbors and the Egyptian women living in their houses for gifts. And those Egyptian women will give them gifts of silver, gifts of gold, and fine clothing. Then you will put those gifts on your children. In this way, you will take away the wealth of the Egyptians. Then Moses said to God, but the Israelites will not believe me when I tell them that you sent me. They will say, the Lord did not appear to you. But the Lord said to Moses, What is that you have in your hand? Moses said, It is my walking stick. Then God said, Throw your walking stick on the ground. So Moses threw his walking stick on the ground and it became a snake. Moses ran from it, but the Lord said to him, Reach out and grab the snake by its tail. When Moses reached out and caught the snake's tail, the snake became a walking stick again. Then God said, Use your stick in this way, and the people will believe that you saw the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will give you another proof. Put your hand under your robe. So Moses opened his robe and put his hand inside. Then he brought his hand out of the robe and it was changed. His hand was covered with spots that were white like snow. Then God said, now put your hand into your robe again. So Moses puts his hand into his robe again. Then he brought his hand out and his hand was changed. Now his hand was good again as it was before. Then God said, if the people don't believe you when you use your walking stick then they will believe you when you show them this sign. If they still refuse to believe you after you show them both these signs, then take some of the Nile, then take some of the water from the Nile River, pour it on the ground, and as soon as it touches the ground, it will become blood. Then Moses said to the Lord, "But Lord, I am telling you, 
I am not a good speaker. I have never been able to speak well. And that hasn't changed since you started talking to me. I am still not a good speaker. You know that I speak slowly and I don't use the best words. Then the Lord said to him, Who made a person's mouth? And who can make someone deaf or not able to speak? Who can make a person blind? Who can make a person able to see? I am the one. I am the Lord. So go. I will be with you when you speak. I will give you the words to say. But Moses said, My Lord, I beg you to send someone else, not me. The Lord became angry with Moses and said, All right, I'll give you someone to help you. Aaron the Levite is your brother, isn't he? He is a good speaker. In fact, Aaron is already coming to meet you. And he will be happy to see you. I will tell you what to say. Then you will tell Aaron. <laughs> then you will tell Aaron. And I will help him say it well. I will tell both of you what to do. So Aaron will speak for you. Like God. You will speak to him. And he will tell the people what you say. So go and carry your walking stick with you. Use it and the other miracles to show the people that I am with you. I'm going to conclude it right there. I'm going to conclude it. You know what? I'm not going to conclude it. Psych, you would have thought I was going to conclude it. We're going to continue. We're going to finish Exodus 4. We're in Exodus 4 right now. And it's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. I'm having a lot of fun. Let's continue. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses said to him, Please let me go back to Egypt. I want to see if my people are still alive. Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Then while Moses was still in Midian, the Lord said to him, it is safe for you to go back to Egypt now. The men who wanted to kill you are now dead. So Moses puts his wife and children on the donkey and returned to Egypt. He carried his walking stick with him, the walking stick with the power of God. While Moses was traveling back to Egypt, the Lord spoke to him. When you talk to Pharaoh... Remember to show him all the miracles that I have given you, that I have given you the power to do. But I will cause Pharaoh to be very stubborn. He will not let the people go. Then you should say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son, and I am telling you to let my son go and worship me. If you refuse to let Israel go, then I will kill your firstborn son. On the way to Egypt, Moses stopped at a place to spend the night. The Lord met with Moses. The Lord met Moses at that place 
and tried to kill him. But Zipporah took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She took the skin and touched his feet. Then she said to Moses, You are a bridegroom of blood to me. Zipporah said this because she had to circumcise her son. So God let Moses live. Uh-oh. Whoa. Yo, the Lord just tried to kill Moses. Wow. The Lord had spoken to Aaron and told him, Go out into the desert and meet Moses. So Aaron and so Aaron went and met Moses at the mountain of God. He saw Moses and kissed him. Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had commanded him to say and all the miracles he must do to prove that God had sent him. So Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the Israelites. Then Aaron spoke to the people and told them everything the Lord had told Moses. Then Moses did the miracles for all the people to see, and they believed what they had heard. Then the Israelites understood that the Lord had seen their troubles and had come to help them. So they bowed down and worshipped God. That's the conclusion of Exodus 4. That's the conclusion of Bible talk. And that is the conclusion of episode 21, guys. Episode 21. Wow. Episode 21, man. We made it to episode 21. It was a fun one. It was a fun one. We interviewed my brother. Hopefully, you know, that one goes good. It's my first interview, guys. My first interview. Um, I'm going to be honest. I didn't prep for it. I didn't write any questions. It was just curious. It was just curious. You know, my brother's story. You know, and it was it was fun. It was fun to hear. I had a I had a I had a I had a blast hearing my brother's story. Um, hearing how his work ethic was unmatched, his dedication. And, you know, the reason I did it is just to show you guys, you know, what it takes to, you know, to do something, to be great at something. You literally have to eat, sleep, and breathe it. You know, you literally have to eat, sleep, and breathe it. And that's exactly what my brother did. You know, he made a lot of sacrifices. You know, he sacrificed family, you know, to pursue his dream. You know, no sacrifice, no victory, guys. You know, you got to put stuff aside and, you know, just, you know, he's, you know, it is family. But, you know, it was, it's in the long run, you know. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to lie, you know, our relationship would have been a lot different if he was around a little more, you know. But it's okay, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I got no, I got no, you know, I got no bad, you know, no, nothing against my brother and his decisions, you know. He had a dream, he had a priority, he had a goal, and he went after it. You know, he came up a bit short. No, he he didn't even come up a bit short. He made it, you feel me? He got the contract, he didn't sign it. But he got the opportunity, you know. So my brother made it. He made it up there, you know. But everything happens for a reason. You know, my brother was literally the best player I've ever seen, you know. I've ever seen play. Literally the best best player I've ever seen play. Or the best player I've ever known. 
you know. And he was truly a role model, you know. I practiced with him a lot. Nonetheless, whatever. That's my brother, man. I'm glad he came on. I'm glad we were able to do the interview. And I'm glad you guys made it for episode 21, the conclusion. Guys, thank you. You know, thank you for, you know, always being there. Again, you know, just listening, guys. And just, you know, just being there, you know. Just, you know, we're, we're reading the Bible together. We're learning new stuff. We're on an experience, on a journey. And just, uh, you know, just thank you, guys. Thank you guys for, you know, being with me for episode 21, listening, coming all the way far. You know, we're only getting started, guys. We're just getting started. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'll catch you guys uh, tomorrow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop an episode tomorrow, you know, talk about some football with my boy Hector. You guys know how it goes, man. Let's go. Episode 22 coming tomorrow. Episode 21 concluded. God bless. Thank you guys for everything. See you guys in the next one.